Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 115 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is David Linthicum. David is the Chief Cloud Strategy Officer at Deloitte Consulting and was recently named the number one cloud influencer in a report by Apollo Research. David is an experienced CTO and CEO, as well as an author of multiple books on computing. He has also presented at more than 500 conferences has published more than 5,000 articles, and has a weekly podcast on cloud computing. So David, could you maybe add to that intro and tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm Chief Cloud Strategy Officer at Deloitte. I've been with the firm about a year. Uh, prior to that, I was with a firm called Cloud Technology Partners that was sold uh, a couple of years ago to Hewlett Packard Enterprise. And prior to that, I had my own firm. And prior to that, I was CTO four times, different publicly traded companies all sold. And I just really kind of um, work and have for the last 30 years as far as where the technology ball is going to be kicked, what's next for technology, what we should be focused on, what kind of problems we'll be solving, you know, coming up and how to align services and technology and other things into the, uh, the future of computing. So that's what I focus on. I'm sure we'll get into a bit later, but is there, is there anything in particular that sort of motivates you or gives you the drive in terms of what you focus on within the IT sector? I think it's uh, the ability to help people ultimately. So, if, you know, if you look at why I'm here at Deloitte after, you know, doing so many years of, um, you know, different companies that were kind of more entrepreneurial in nature that, you know, led to exits is the ability to kind of sit down with the global 2000 IT folks and uh, instruct them on how to leverage computing properly, or at least try to lead them in the right direction. And so, helping them become better at their business, helping them be out, allowing IT to become more valuable, you know, helping them to change directions, helping them to improve upon what they're doing and therefore kind of life and welfare of the employees and their customers. And so I get a kick out of that. I get a kick out of people, not necessarily me being successful, but, um, you know, people who I work for being successful and people who are depend on me being successful and people who take my advice being successful, people who read my books, listen to my podcasts, read my blog. So I always think I'm looking across the table at someone that is trying to solve an issue and they're looking for assistance. David, can you maybe share a career tip, perhaps one that the audience don't know and should? The biggest thing I found out there in terms of people being successful versus, you know, just kind of um, cruising through life or coasting through life is people who are willing to self-learn and become kind of the autodidact out there and the ability to kind of think in terms of where things are going, become interested in the particular topic and subject matter and go off and listen to videos and take training and read a book and, and really kind of practice with the technology. Perhaps, you know, write an article. You don't have to do that, but it always uh, makes things a bit more concrete for me. And the ability to, in essence, increase your skill sets, increase your knowledge using some sort of a self-motivating way, you know, ultimately is where great employees come from and where people get excited about what they do. And the other thing is, you know, get a passion about what you're doing. I mean, if you don't have a passion about what you're doing every day, obviously it's work and we're going to have some good days and bad days, but 
you know, you get excited about where your career is about and what you're doing within your career, you know, it's time to look for a new career. Sure. I mean, you obviously touched on um, how to self-motivate. Do you have any particular um, approaches for yourself? Yeah, I think it's the ability to kind of see the benefit from the work that you're putting into it. You know, when I first was writing books back when I was in my 20s, the benefit was a year or two away if that, you know, and there wasn't this kind of immediate fulfillment. And I think that if you're going to become somebody who's very much self-motivated, you kind of have to get into the work and reward kind of uh, way of doing it. So you need to figure out how to, not necessarily you're going to get a big check from somebody, but you have to figure out that you're proud of, or there's some sort of an event that occurred, you know, where you're, you receive the value, you see, you see the pleasure in doing so you feel that, you know, feel the set of accomplishment. And I always tell people there has to be that there has to be you putting a lot of effort in typically to the point where you could be a bit uncomfortable for a bit. You're doing things kind of out of your comfort zone, but you're recognized for it. Even if, even if it's just self-recognition as someone who's kind of stepping forward and making things happen. And I think that's kind of the reason we work. David, can you maybe tell us about your worst IT career moment and what you learned from that experience? <laughs> Boy, uh, you got a, You got a couple of days. Um, <laughs> the worst IT career moment was when you're young and you make core mistakes. And there was, you know, many times, and you know, probably when I was working at Mobile Oil, I had a, a system that I was looking to build that I thought really should be something that added value, you know, to the existing infrastructure there and would be valuable to the leadership. And the reality is I wasn't listening to anybody but myself. And so what I thought was a requirement uh, for the system, it wasn't necessarily a requirement for the company or other people in the company. And so I built this very elaborate system that, you know, virtually no one used. And I learned a lesson. I learned the fact that it's not only what you consider a good idea, but you have to normalize your good ideas with everybody else and get your peer groups to weigh in, get the market to weigh in, and ultimately use those as data points to make sure you're building the right stuff. And um, I failed miserably then, but I learned a lesson. Right. So what, how do you do things differently now? Do you have a, any particular tips? Yeah, everything is going to be done around research. So I kind of, you know, take the ability to understand the market, you know, as a science more so than some feeling or opinions. And I always tell you know, my clients, the market doesn't care about your opinions. Ultimately, we have to look at what the facts are, where the market's going, what technology people are leveraging, how they're leveraging it, and what we see as the current trends coming forward beyond the analyst reports, which everybody reads, but in terms of kind of determining uh, using any kind of data points you have access to, figuring out where the ball, as I mentioned earlier on, is going to be kicked. It just becomes a science more so than anything else. I mean, um, people, I'm, I've been excellent at if say so myself, excellent predicting the market for the last 20 years and certainly around the cloud computing stuff. And and the reality is there was no magic to it or no intelligence to it. I just took the time to do the research and put everything into a line and determine the conclusions from the research that I did and the data points that I gathered. And I think ultimately the secret is that there's no secret. There's just a lot of hard work that comes into you understanding where things are going and you in essence putting a point of view toward this and getting behind the point of view with product plans and technology plans and service plans and market plans and those sorts of things. And that's incredibly fulfilling to me. So moving away from your worst moment, can you maybe tell us about your career highlight or greatest success? Yeah, I think the biggest success in my career was 
really EAI, Enterprise Application Integration, which was um, one of these things where I believed in it. And I started to write articles and you know papers around the fact in the mid-90s that we really need to think about how we're going to do data integration between all these various source and target systems. And at the time, it was ERP systems such as SAP, you know, talking to legacy environments. And that was something that wasn't solved. And really kind of putting a science and approach and a technology stack behind it. And what happened, we were coming out of client server, you know, certainly people understood middleware, and that's what I was writing and speaking about. But as I started to get these books, you know, I wrote a treatment for a book and started to write different different, uh, chapters for it. I couldn't get anybody to publish it. And I was like, just discouraged. And and suddenly someone did. And then it took off like a rocket and became kind of a meme unto itself. You know, enterprise application integration, conferences were built around it, whole companies were built around it. I shifted from my job at Mobile Oil and took a job as a CTO of Saga Software, which was uh, promptly moved into the AI space. And they became a big successful force in the market. And that was a huge success because number one, I was able to kind of get around the fact that lots of people were telling me no. And I didn't take that for uh, an answer. And ultimately, I just kept at it and kept at it and kept at it. And it turned out to be a concept that was uh, resonated with lots of companies, lots of enterprises. And it sold, you know, 20,000 books, you know, translated into, uh, you know, 21 different languages and still, you know, one of the best selling IT books today. And that was something beyond my expectations for myself that would, you know, be able to make that happen. And I reached a level of confidence that was being, it was way more than, uh, you know, where I was in the early 90s. And so I, I look at that as something where I persevered. I went ahead and put some hard work and IP behind it. There was no luck involved with it. I kept at it. And ultimately, it turned out. And I've used that several times in my career, probably not to the uh, the results of that and the same sort of impact in my mind. Um, but uh, I, I just kind of look at things that way. Yeah, well, that's great. Uh, in, in, in hearing about how you you sort of took that that approach and, and had one particular goal or one sort of mission. Um, it's something definitely people should be able to to relate to and, and hopefully they can apply to their own careers. Yeah, I think so. And I, I think that people typically do this stuff in incremental levels and it's okay to do it, you know, even if you're getting an idea published in, inside the company so people understand it and ask you a question about it or if you're going to get up and, and talk in front of a group of people, or if you're going to put forward something that's going to be, you know, driving a team effort and a team success, even little successes are going to be big successes in your mind and you build upon that. And I think the other, the other part of it, which you've touched on as well is the, the effect it has on your own personal confidence as well on how that can actually have a significant impact on your, your career development. Yeah, personal confidence confidence is everything. And you, know, you think about it, whether you're learning how to ride a motorcycle or you're doing athletics or, you know, you're you actually are running your career, you, you kind of build on that. And you need to not get necessarily wrapped around the failures, but learn from them and move on. Every successful person out there, I mean, to a person has failed many times. And the reality is that they learn from the failure, they move on and they build upon it. Yep, Absolutely. So, David, what excites you about the future of the IT industry and IT careers in particular? I think we're going to end up automating most of the things we couldn't automate, you know, in the last uh, 20 years. So I I, kind of call it the last mile problem. And so, 
you know, why we have automated accounting systems and we have automated database management systems are really able to automate information processing going forward. Now we're extending that to actual devices that are able to change our lives, you know, robotics to build cars, the ability self-driving cars, the ability to, you know, leverage AI and machine learning based systems to do a lot of the mundane tasks that we haven't had a chance of doing. And that's going to be a wave of things that occurs over the next five years. And what's exciting to me is trying to see the impact on IT. IT's reach within the value of the enterprise is going to be a lot more, you know, than just a simple cost center. It does the, uh, you know, management of information on behalf of behalf of the company. And in essence, going to become the center of the universe for the company as IoT takes off and the digital economy starts to pick up and we kind of realize the value of this stuff. And I think that it's going to be probably the most exciting time in my career when people kind of realize that at the board of directors levels and it gets discussed more in the business circles. It gets discussed more as kind of a primary critical success factor for businesses. And I think it was like that for a long time. We just have never been able to kind of make the links and now we're making the links. Yeah, I've had similar conversations with other guests on the, on the podcast about how IT is becoming more integrated with the actual business operations. And some companies are more, they're now technology companies that have a business, if you see what I mean, rather than a business with a technology supporting function. That's right. I think technology within the innovative companies out there is being used as a, as a force multiplier for them to disrupt their markets. I mean, of course, there's the Ubers and the Airbnbs and the Netflixes that everybody points to. But we're seeing insurance companies move into the space using disruptive technology, the ability to um, you know, leverage um, different IoT-based systems to you know, run manufacturing floors, automate various systems, and also the opening up of markets that are being created, self-driverless cars. But there's you know, 20 other markets that really are kind of emerging around the availability of this technology and people kind of capitalizing on these market shifts that are now increasing in the momentum, you know, tenfold in the last uh, five years. I think this is where we're going to separate the innovative and creative from those that are not. And ultimately, if you're innovative and creative, you can leverage technology properly, you're going to win the game, disrupt the business and own the markets. If you're not able to do that, you're going to fall by the wayside. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Absolutely. So we're going to move into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. Are you ready for this? Sure. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? Oh, ever since I was a, a kid, it was I, I wanted to do nothing else. And so I was building computers. I remember the Timex Sinclair computers, and then I moved into the Commodore 64s and and the pet-based computers and things like that. And so it was it was kind of a hobby for me. So really to do anything else was kind of out of the question. I just love computers. I love what they brought to bear. And I love the fact that, um, you know, they could make our lives better. I probably didn't see the links as much when you're, you know, looking at a pile of parts sitting on the floor and then trying to get, you know, an, a 2K computer up and running. But <laughs> ultimately, it's about building upon that. And so this is where I took my passion, you know, turned it into my career. But I really started at 12 years old. You know, that's when I got my first computer, I got my first kits, started to program the thing and really kind of study it on my own and become kind of a self-learner in the fact that I was building these things. Probably wasn't a very good student, but computers weren't a part of, you know, what I was doing. And when computers became a part of what I was doing in college, you know, that's where I started to accelerate and hit, hit, the, uh, hit the gas pedal on uh, where I wanted to go. What is the best career advice you've ever received? listen to everybody. And I was told that one time, I think when I was young and 
probably a bit more of an egomaniac than I should have been. I was only listening to myself and, you know, sometimes my boss. And the reality is, you know, someone put forward, they said, there's a lot of good ideas here. A lot of people have input. And if you're not listening to that input, you're not necessarily getting the full 360 degree idea of what we're looking to do. And so I started to listen to people who were, you know, low in the organization, interns, people I just hired and get their ideas and kind of understand where they're looking to go. And the reality is if they're bringing up something that they feel is important to them, you know, chances are that's a pretty good idea and it deserves your attention. And there's sometimes ideas that, you know, have changed the business patterns. They brought things to bear that I didn't think about. And that means that their creativity and innovation was for that day better than mine. And there's no reason I can't use it. You know, I call it, you know, other people's ideas. I think people live upon it. It's not necessarily stealing from other people, but you're learning from other people and combining what they know with what you know, you know, to kind of reach new conclusions and kind of take everything to the next level. Okay. If you were to begin your IT career again right now, what would you do? I think I would ultimately get directly into architecture. In other words, the ability to understand the strategic nature of IT. Uh, Like everybody else who came up in IT during the time I was a programmer and, you know, for many years and a very technical programmer, I did assembly and I did, um, you know, some machine-based computer simulation for NASA, things like that. So I got down in the weeds and ultimately I had to get above the weeds to look at the larger picture, what a database is and, you know, what a network is and, you know, how you do centralized computing versus distributed computing and what governance and security and all these other sorts of things, which were never really a part of my day-to-day life because we had very tactical positions that we put into. And I think IT still kind of behaves that way. So I would have loved to gone from the top down versus from the bottom up. And I found it a little bit more difficult to learn about things from the bottom up. And I think if I came from the top down, I was an architect, I understood how things were built and configured. And then I broke those down into more primitive things, such as programming and networking and APIs based system. I'd be much better in terms of learning where I am, where I am today. It's just kind of the way I learn. Sure. I've not heard it put that way in the, in, uh, in previous interviews. So that's quite interesting to hear. What career objectives are you currently focusing on? You know, that's a good question because I, I think the reality is I, I don't have many career objectives anymore. I've, I've kind of done everything I wanted to do. I'm very happy with my career. When CTP sold, I was, you know, planning on retiring and, you know, going off and writing a couple of books. You always retire to something, going off and writing a couple of books, you know, perhaps doing some one-off consulting and, you know, doing volunteer work and charity work and things like that. And I got this job at Deloitte, which was exactly the right place for me to be. And it's really trying to do and help as many people between now and when I retire. That sounds a little odd, I think, for lots of people. Okay, you're going to help people. But the reality is I get a kick out of helping my peers, uh, people who work at Deloitte, my leadership, people who work for me, and then my clients in allowing them to kind of move forward and leverage this technology in new and innovative ways. And so I just really get a blast out of talking with people and explaining things and then having things explained to me and really kind of solving issues. I mean, one of the things I've done, I've, I hit you know many major retailers and manufacturers over the last 10 weeks at Deloitte, and I was able to, you know, in essence, get into what their issues are and get into how we can take technology and leverage it to solve many of these things. And I'm not one who throws technology and throws hype-driven buzzwords to it. 
it's almost like a doctor patient relationship, you know, tell them what they need to do and basically getting their data better and, you know, getting their network infrastructure upgraded, getting their security upgraded before you move into the cloud. And if you do move into the cloud, these applications are indicated, these are not. And in essence, kind of avoid, you know, some of the inefficiencies that people are taking moving into the cloud. And the benefit I'm able to bring is I've seen, you know, hundreds of different problem domains and hundreds of different enterprises that are making this move. And I've seen the mistakes being made and they've seen the successes. And so I can pretty much determine pretty quickly as to, you know, what advice they need to follow and at least give it to them. That doesn't mean I'm always right. You know, it is a practice, uh, but that means that I'm fairly confident in what I'm saying and fairly confident that I'm going to improve most of them, you know, if they follow the advice and if I help them follow the advice. And the other thing is doing stuff. It's not just saying it, but, you know, going off and making it happen, being a doer as well as a talker. And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? Probably communication, uh, what, we're, what we're doing here. I think that um, one of the things that I was lacking in when I first started was the ability to talk to people and speak in public and, you know, the written word. You know, I, I was dyslexic when I came out of high school. A lot of people who go into computing are. I had a very hard time writing when I wrote. You know, things were misspelled. My grammar was awful. I just didn't really have the fundamentals there. And also when I talked, I thought it was very disconcerting. Said a lot of non-words. Uh, yeah, well, you know, those sorts of things when you start doing it. And after a while, it started to refine. I got better and better and better and certainly better at the writing. And it was just through repetition. And so if, if I didn't have those skills, it was just out there as someone who's an SME in cloud computing and an SME and, you know, all the various technical topics that I'm an SME in. And I w- wasn't able to explain it to people or talk to people. It wouldn't have an impact. You got to have both. And David, can you share a parting piece of career advice with the IT career energized audience? Yeah, I know this is a cliche, but you know, do something you're passionate about. You know, one of the things my father said to me is, "You can get paid ten million dollars a year and be underpaid for a job you don't like and you're not passionate about." And I, I truly agree with that. And that doesn't mean that we're not going to work for our money and we're going to have bad days and good days as I mentioned earlier, but largely the career you pick should be something that gets you excited and gets you out of bed. And if that's not the case, don't do it. Life's too short. You know, go figure something else out. Exactly. Yeah. And finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? Well, you can find me on LinkedIn or go to Deloitte.com and you know search on my name there. I have a blog there. Also, I have a blog on Infoworld.com. I've been there for about 15 years. Uh, I have my own podcast called the uh, On Cloud Podcast on uh, iTunes. Uh, you can go um, get those episodes as well as Mike Cavus is uh, one of the other um, podcasters on that show. You know, Tech Target, you know, lots of stuff out there. Most of the uh, non-vendor related um, cloud computing shows I'm speaking at. Um, I'm pretty easy to find and, you know, just keep up with me, let me know, and also reach out to me if you have any questions. David, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. My pleasure. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening in to today's episode and to my guest career tips, advice, and experiences. You'll find a show notes page for today's episode on the IT Career Energizer website, which will be itcareerenergizer.com slash e and then the number of today's episode. And a quick reminder that the show has now three episodes every week on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. So make sure that you are subscribed to the show to get new episodes automatically downloaded. 
Also, don't forget to join the IT Career Energizer Community Facebook group. You'll get to engage with other like-minded people, get to find out more about upcoming guests and other episodes, and can get involved in the future direction of the podcast. It really is a great pleasure to be able to talk to so many inspirational people from across the industry and to be able to share their stories and advice with you. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you're not growing your career, you're slowing your career. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.